Welcome to another CPA COVID-19 audio update. My name's Eric. I'm the communications officer at the CPA. And uh, we're calling these audio updates. Really, they've evolved into a full-fledged podcast. And at some point, we will put a name on it and call it something and, you know, do a podcast thing with it. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to continue to tell you to go to our website, cpa.ca slash corona-virus for all the latest updates on the coronavirus. We have four new fact sheets up there right now and our pro bono effort uh, to provide psychological services to frontline healthcare workers across Canada is up to nearly 300 volunteers. And one of those volunteers joins me today. She has volunteered to be part of that effort in Montreal, the epicenter of Canada's coronavirus crisis. And she's actually taken it one step Further. My name is Wendy Wood, and uh, I run a, a private practice in Montreal. Um, it's kind of a, I guess, a mid-sized clinic. I have about seven, seven people associates who work with me. So these are other uh, doctors, other like clinical psychologists, other and uh, and PhD candidates. So I do a lot of training in my in my clinic as well. And, you know, I just want to say I'm proud to be leading such a talented team. I'm working with a, a group of really wonderful, talented people. And um, I am, as you know, I am living in, in the epicenter of this COVID crisis in Canada. You know, Montreal is really the hot spot. I'm worried. Montrealers are, are very worried. Um, you know, there's the, the what they're calling a humanitarian crisis going on in CASH uh, LSDs, the long-term care facilities here. You know, people are getting sick here. People are dying. Um, and the numbers are higher here than, than in the rest of, uh, of Canada. So, so we're concerned. We are very concerned here. And, we, you know, Montrealers, we love this city fiercely, the diversity, the culture, the festivals. You know, we have some of the best restaurants, maybe I'm biased, in North America. Great restaurant scene here. I would but agree. Now, I, I yes, do love the restaurant scene in Montreal. <laughs> yeah. It is excellent. You know, but now all, all of that's gone. And, and uh you know, so it's scary. We're all very concerned about kind of what is is going to to lie ahead for us, given given the COVID, and and so the campaign that I, I'm going to roll out today stems from my experience working in in Canada's hotspot here, uh, as a mental health professional. So you know, I want to talk a little bit about you know what I've seen in my practice and what other professionals have seen in Montreal with our with our private practices. So, you know, as I said, I run a, a pretty busy clinic and usually I have kind of 15 to 20 calls a week, I'd say, for new people. And, you know, I always usually have a wait list and, and that's dro dropped down. Although I have to say I've talked to some colleagues in the last couple of days and we're starting to see more people reach out now, which is was very help hopeful for me. I'm getting more calls as well, which is great because I want people to be to be reaching out for help. Um, and but I also want to talk a bit about, you know, what my response is to this to this crisis. And uh, the first thing I want to do, though, is applaud the CP CPA for their you know wonderful initiative, you know, asking psychologists to sign up to do free therapy for, for frontline workers. So I want to thank you for that. And um, you've, you've signed up for that uh, initiative, which is wonderful. Uh, have yes. you received any uptake on that? I know that Montreal being the epicenter, we would imagine there'd be more people there reaching out than elsewhere in Canada. Uh, but at the same time, a lot of people are saying, well, healthcare workers are just putting their heads down, getting through it, and they'll reach out when it's, you know, when the worst is past. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think I think people are kind of numb right now. They're just doing what they have to do to get through it. And they haven't had really a, an opportunity or chance to even have an hour to, to sit down and feel what they're feeling. 
Um, so I think what's going to happen is six months down the road, I think all of these people are going to be coming forward with a lot of trauma, you know, following this, especially the front frontline workers. No um, doubt. And so yeah. uh, what you've done then in the meantime is you've expanded that uh, a little bit on your own uh, to offer this to people who aren't necessarily health, uh, frontline healthcare workers. Uh, who, yeah. who are you approaching? Yeah, so, so exactly. So, so basically um, what I've done is I, I, I sort of put out this offer to uh, offer people three free sessions. And, and I'm kind of saving those spots for people w- who would not have been able to afford uh, therapy otherwise. So these are people who may, may have been affected by COVID, they've lost their jobs, etc. Um, you know, and I want to say I'm not just doing this by myself, I'm doing this in conjunction with my associates who generously, you know, added in spots to accommodate those people in need. Um, and, uh, I'm taking that one step further again today because I, what I want to do is announce a new campaign that I want to run on the internet. And there's kind of three different missions to this campaign. So, so the first thing that, that I w- would like to do, and I'm, I'm hoping I'm, I'm going to get the support from the CPA on this as well, because I know that you guys also are concerned about people not reaching out for, for, for mental health services. Um, but what I'd like to do is recruit, you know, kind of an army of psychologists from across Canada, even to extend beyond um to offer to do exactly what i'm doing in, in montreal in my private practice to offer three sessions for free you know open one or two spots in your private practice to be able to give back to help people in need because i think collectively we can really make a difference to to those who need help um we want people in quebec we want people in montreal we want people in canada and beyond to know that they're not alone that there is help out there and in fact this is our our hashtag so it's it's hashtag not alone uh in french it's hashtag passeul um and i would like to encourage all psychologists to participate and to to denote that they are on board all they have to do is put the hashtag on their website hashtag not alone on their website uh, wherever they would like on the internet to, to advertise that this is what they're willing to offer. And the flip side of this campaign is asking people, and that's like kind of anybody out there who is struggling to, to reach out, to know that they're not alone, that it's okay to reach out. Um, and, and this can be, I mean, I'm going to give you some examples of what kinds of people could be out there and, and, and do need help, like uh, adult children of the elderly, um, people are, who are taking care of elderly people, they have a lot of stress and grief. Um, they're, they're all the caregivers that are working in these long-term care facilities. You know, it can be uh, an asylum seeker who just lost a loved one to COVID. It can be a server in a restaurant who just lost their job. It can be, you know, an immunocompromised widower who's, who's, who's kind of terrified to leave the house. Um, an international student with no family in, in Canada, basically any person living alone or uh, any person living in a difficult family situation. I, I want to welcome those people to, to reach out and to, to, to get some support, to get some help. I think we can all make a difference. Um, I want everyone to know that they're not alone. And, and, you know, and, uh, you know, we want to provide, I mean, you've already got your initiative there and we want to extend that to also just to people who, who are not getting, you know, what they, what they need. And when, coping uh, strategies. when those people, uh, do reach out to you, uh, what, yes. what kinds of problems are you seeing uh, people having right now, uh, psychological problems just as a result, uh, of, of COVID? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like in general, like we're all kind of going through a collective trauma. 
Okay, our world was completely turned on its head. You know, people are getting sick. Uh, you know, we're finding that this virus is unpredictable. There are new symptoms that keep emerging. There's uh, long-term health consequences that are now just emerging as well, that this virus can do damage to the heart, to the lungs, to the kidneys. It doesn't discriminate. And, and we know everybody is at risk. And obviously older people and those with, with pre-existing conditions, even, even more so, and, you know, in terms of your, you're asking, you know, what, what kinds of things are we seeing? Well, you know, I think the important thing, one of the most important things is recognizing the grief uh, associated with being a caregiver, you know, whether you're elderly yourself or whether, you know, you have a, a, a loved one that's elderly. You know, there, there are lots of concerns about this, lots of grief and concerns. There's worry about whether or not you can see your elderly parents or not. Um, you know, can you take this person into your home? Can you take your parents into your home? And a lot of people just don't don't have the capacity to do that. And if not, so they're stuck in these long-term care f- facilities uh, and their children are trying to communicate with them and often they're having difficulties even communicating with them. And people are, are terrified of how their, their parents, how their loved ones are being taken care of in these facilities. So, you know, there's a lot of grief. Yeah. Um, before I worked at the CPA, I worked at the Dementia Society here in Ottawa. Yeah. And so uh, I still have a lot of friends who are caregivers for people living with dementia who are in these facilities. They can't mm-hmm. see them. Uh, they have no idea what's happening with them right now. And, yes. uh, of course, there's no way really to communicate with them because they have dementia and they're in a dementia wing of a long-term care facility. And just the, yes. the uncertainty of that is, is unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's terrifying. And I mean, especially with this crisis that happened here in Montreal and finding that these people weren't being cared for, you know, that they didn't have enough caregivers to be to be actually, you know, even giving them food and, and water. And they all a lot of them ended up in the hospital system and the doctors were, were shocked by what was going on here. You know, people are, are literally dying. So there's there's all that there's all, all that the, the the grief involved in 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 losing people the worry and anxiety of having you know elderly people in these long term care facilities, and but there's a lot of grief even for the rest of us that that haven't been you know maybe directly affected. I mean we are we are grieving the ways in which our life used to be, right? There's no more hugs. There's no more socializing. There there are no more dinner parties. You know, you can't just go and, uh, you know, make a friend date. You can't go have a have a drink with a friend or even even see your close family members. And I think that this has had a very devastating uh, impact on people. No doubt. Um, and, and I think it's just the start because I think we're, we're really in this for the long haul. And if I'm somebody who's just, uh, you know, I still have a job, I can work from home, but... I'm feeling isolated. I don't have any family who's immediately at risk. Uh, and so I feel like, okay, I'm, I should be doing better than most, but it's still affecting my mental health because I feel isolated and because mm-hmm. I have anxiety over the whole mm-hmm. thing. How would I know that it's time to reach out for assistance? Well, that's a, that's a very good, good question because I think that that's uh, a question that people ask themselves and that a lot of people are actually kind of reluctant to, to reach out. They're like, okay, is this severe enough? Is my problem severe enough? There are all these people dying in the world. Is my, like, I, I'm just one person here and I can cope with this. And people kind of lie to themselves and say that they're doing better than they are doing because it's sometimes hard to admit that you're not coping well. 
But I think just by, by virtue of kind of thinking that you need to consult someone is a sign that, in fact, you actually do need to consult with somebody. And, you know, I, you know, I tell people, what's the worst case scenario? You know, you reach out to a mental health professional, you have a session with them, and if everything's going well, then you're going to get the reassurance from, from a, a mental health professional that actually you're doing okay. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, in, in terms of and, and I just want to say, like, in the context of COVID, we all have very bad days. OK, we all have days. Uh, I mean, I have I've had days where I wake up in the morning and you wake up to this nightmare and you just don't even want to get out of bed. We are living in times of uncertainty. But if you are uh, struggling more days than not, then it would be absolutely prudent to to consult. And I guess I want to talk a bit about what do I mean by struggling. So if you're consistently feeling sad, if you're you're kind of crying on a regular basis, if you're not sleeping properly, so meaning you're having a hard time falling asleep or you're waking up earlier than usual or you're sleeping more than usual, or, you know, you're just not enjoying the things that you normally enjoy. enjoy. So let's say you love classical music and you, you kind of stopped wanting to listen to it. Or you love cooking and, 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 and trying out new recipes and now you're eating frozen food because you just don't have the motivation. Those would be signs to, to reach out. I mean, another, another thing is just, uh, just not feeling like yourself. Like you just feel like something's off and you don't really know what it is. That can be a time to, to reach out. If you're worrying all the time, and and you feel like you just can't turn it off you know you have trouble relaxing you can never kind of relax and and chill out and and watch a show um that would that would be a time to reach out as well and so i've decided i've been thinking about reaching out now i've decided i'm going to reach out what can i expect to happen when i do uh it's going to be remote right it's going to be telepsychology yeah exactly so everybody right now is working remotely um, so what would happen is you would call just like you would call a dentist's office or a doctor's office to book an appointment with somebody, you know, you'd make a time to meet and most sessions last about, you know, 45, 50 minutes, depending on the, the person. And, uh, you know, just by, you know, I just want to start with by taking that initial step, sometimes that, that in and of itself can help people. You start to feel better. I mean, they say this about doctors, you know, you've got a pain somewhere. And as soon as you pick up the phone and call the doctor, the pain has gone away because you're doing something for yourself. So it's kind of like a placebo effect. So even that in and of itself can be helpful for people, um, you know, but being able to. As, as, so basically, you know, what, what you would be doing with a therapist is it gives you a space to be able to open up, to talk about your grief, you know, discuss your worries, be able to get things off your chest with an unbiased professional. And that can be that can be very soothing. That can be therapeutic just to get things off your chest and be able to express what your feelings are to to an unbiased listener um you know it's also helpful and that you'll be getting some some reassurance that what you're feeling is valid that like it's okay we're all struggling together here it's okay to have days where you feel really sad it's okay to be to be feeling angry that you, you don't have the life that you used to have it's okay to be afraid of getting this virus a lot of people are terrified of contracting this virus and those are all normal feelings so to get you know to have a, a mental health professional kind of normalize what you're feeling can be very helpful and also you know a mental health professional can provide coping strategies to, to help you get through the crisis so you know these can be things some of the things we read about on the internet self-care strategies etc self-soothing techniques but also a mental health professional you know after you've told them kind of what your story is they can give you some strategies that are actually uh for your own unique situation 
Um, you know, and, and because this offer is only for, for, for three, three appointments, you know, it's not, not a long-term therapy, but, you know, obviously we're going to have people who are calling that are really struggling and it's going to be more than, you know, they'll get some support from the three sessions, but they might need more. So what we can do then is provide some resources to people, you know, educate people on where they can go to get more help down the road. You know, what are some of the free services that are offered in Montreal, like in, in Montreal in our CLSCs? You know, we offer free uh, free appointments usually by uh, a social worker, so you can have some free therapy. And and so we just want to get the message out that there are services available beyond what we're going to provide in these three sessions. Okay, and that will be you and the rest of your team. Uh, you said at the beginning of our conversation that there were about seven of you. I yeah. like that you have to estimate how many people when it might be around <laughs> seven. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, I had a couple of people leave and I have somebody coming back on, so I haven't counted. <laughs> counted. I haven't had time to sit down and count how many people work with me right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's around seven people who are able to help at your clinic in Montreal and hopefully people uh, across uh, the rest of Quebec and Canada uh, might uh, want to do the same and sign on and do this. So uh, can you tell me, uh, do you have a website where people can get more information about what you're doing? Yes, absolutely. Um, so first of all, we just developed a, a website and we're going to be launching it either today or, or tomorrow. We also have a Facebook page um, and it's just not, the, the website's not alone NVMT, so for movement, uh, dot org. And um, so again, you know, just to tell you again about the campaign. So if you're a therapist and you want to help out and you want to donate some time for a good cause and you want to provide some therapy to people really in need, you can post the, the, the hashtag not alone on your, on your website. And if you are a, a person out there struggling and you can't afford therapy, you, you can reach out to one of these therapists offering their services. So you can look for the hashtag not alone on their website. And then the other message that I also want to get across is like everybody else can help with this. Um, and, and, and part of the campaign is really to destigmatize mental health. And by posting the hashtag not alone on their FB, on their Facebook profile, their Instagram, Twitter, et cetera, they can get involved. And I think if everybody does this, we're going to be giving the message to the people who are struggling. Like, it's okay. Everybody is supporting this. Everybody's supporting it, and they are, and you are not alone. Yeah, I think actually that, uh, and, and I was just reading an article Time Magazine uh, published mm -hmm. that was saying that this might be the one opportunity that we have bigger than any other opportunity to actually destigmatize mental health. That yes. all of a sudden, you know, we're up until now, everybody on social media is posting the best version of themselves and making yes. themselves look better than their life actually is. Now people are being, I mean, this moment calls for people to be real about it, right? And yes, so a lot exactly. of celebrities are out there saying, hey, listen, I'm not doing okay either and this sort of thing. Yes. So this is yeah. that opportunity, I think. Yeah, and actually, I just want to add one more thing. The other part of this message that I want to get out is to not delay um, you know, because it's like any other illness. If you, if you get cancer or, you know, God forbid you have a stroke, the longer you wait to get treatment, the bigger the problem you have. So if you, you catch a can cancer at stage one, for example, versus stage four, it's much easier to treat. And it's the same thing with mental health. If you get a few sessions sooner, 
rather than later, you can develop some coping strategies to help you moving, you know, move forward and offset the risk of bigger problems down the road. And I think that my biggest concern with all of this is what's what it, what are things going to look like six months down the road if people don't start getting help now? I think they're going to, uh, you know, I think we're going to have an increase in all different kinds of anxiety disorders. I think we're going to see more major depression. And I think my biggest fear is to see an increase in suicide. And I think that that's that's likely to happen if, if, if we don't intervene now and get people to start reaching out and getting help now. So that's big, a big part of this campaign is to get people to seek help now and, and, and to encourage them by offering these these free sessions for people. Well, I am not a psychologist, so I can't offer free sessions, but uh, I am helping. No, but you're helping me get the word out. Well, I, I, will, I will do that, and uh, I am helping also uh, some friends and family uh, with math lessons uh, virtually. <laughs> and I'm just putting it out there that if you need to learn to count to seven, uh, you can come to me. Uh, that's excellent <laughs> that's excellent all right and uh just thank you so much for doing this before we go uh hit me with those hashtags once more uh hashtag not alone in english and in french it's passive 